Hi, my name is Jenny Donnelly, and I'm with Shauna Danberg, and you have joined the Don't Mess With Our Kids podcast, hosted by Her Voice Movement. Okay, here's the facts. There are some women, including teenagers all the way up to grandmothers, and especially the mama bears, especially, who've had enough. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. <laughs> and you know what? What's happening to our kids has gone too far, and there is a grassroots movement uprising in America called Don't Mess With Our Kids. And you can be involved in many different ways. The first way would be to share this podcast. The second way would be to stand in your capital on April 13th, 2024. And Shauna, the big one is we're inviting 1 million women and their families to stand with us, to pray with us in Washington, D.C. in the fall of 2024. Now, the purpose of this podcast is to bring awareness and education to what is actually happening. And we're going to pray because we need to change things from a spiritual standpoint. But we also want to put action to our prayers right? to turn America back to God. So that's what we're doing. Thank you for joining us today. I am so pumped because our guest today is Lance Wallnow. Now, I met Lance back. Actually, I didn't meet Lance. I felt like I met Lance at a mm -hmm. conference. I just saw him from afar. Met Lance just about a year ago, but it was 19 years ago. I saw him at a conference and I, I didn't really know who he was. He stood up there, you know, threw up that whiteboard, started scratching all on that thing. And right. I said, I want to run around the room. Right. This guy is tapping into something inside of me that I don't even understand. And I came back, Shauna, you and I have a history and business together. You saw it. Oh yeah. I remember <laughs> when you came back and you were so fired up and you told us about it. So we were getting it secondhand. But it was like, ah, yeah. mind blown. Totally. And we ran with his trainings mm -hmm. for years. And years. so to have him on our show today is extremely special. Let me give you just a little bit of background on him before we bring him on the screen. So this is how US, USA Today describes him as one of the only three evangelical leaders to accurately predict Donald Trump's presidency. That was wow. pretty awesome. Uh, from the moment he began his campaign, I think... Lance, you knew that Trump would be uh, stepping in as president before he knew. I think that's kind of how that went. His best-selling book, God's Chaos Candidate, and it broadcasts and viral media influenced three to five million undecided evangelical voters. So Lance is the innovator who introduced the seven mountains of culture, which we are going to ask him to talk about today yeah, because that is so a huge revelation. Huge. Everybody needs to know this. And it's a fresh template to explain how the church must engage culture at the turn of the century, everybody said amen. Amen. All right. Uh, Dr. Walnow, you're a strategist, futurist, and compelling communicator. I, I would agree with that. Compelling communicator who has shared platforms. He's hilarious. And he's hilarious. <laughs> ben Carson, Mike Pompeo, and best-selling authors Ken Blanchard and John Maxwell. Those guys are all the bomb, too. And he has conducted training for the United Nations and spoken at Harvard, the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences, and the London School of Theology. And Lance has a 30-year background consulting business and nonprofits. And he's been consulting us for this million women movement. And from the very beginning, I'm just so thankful that he jumped in and said, hey, how can we think through this? How can we head this direction? Because he cares so much about America and God is using him in such a pro profound way. And he currently directs the Lance Learning Group, a strategic teaching and consulting company based in Dallas, Texas. There's so much cool things about you, Lance. Let's bring you on the show. Thank you so much for being here today. That's a lot of good stuff right there. Yeah. That's gotta amazing. I got to shorten that bio up a little bit. <laughs> a 
<laughs> I love it. It's like, no, but wait, there's more. Yeah. I did a seminar once with a guy named Brendan Burchard, and he said, here's how you create a really compelling biography. And I did that in like 2010, and I updated it in 2015. But it sounds so pretentious now that I listen to it. It's you just- know what, though? <laughs> there are people on here that might have never heard you. And um, I, I took the liberty to scratch off anything I wanted to. And honestly, when I read that, I thought, I'm not taking any of that off. I love yeah. it. Okay. Um, okay, so thank you so much for being on here today. This is super special. And Lance, I just first and foremost want to thank you for all those whiteboards. I don't know how many whiteboards <laughs> you've written on, but it really affected us in business. It created profound change and it was scalable and duplicatable. A lot of our business leaders took it and ran with it. And who knows how many people are teaching the stuff you're teaching. So it's just an honor to have you on here today. I am so excited for people to hear um, what you're holding in your heart, in your spirit, in your soul for this next year. I think we could all agree we're sitting in one of the most important years of the history of our nation. And like I said from the very beginning, we've got a problem with the destruction of the family, yeah. the attack on our children. So let's um, let's do this. Let's dive into the seven mountains. And you can take this anywhere you want. I mean, you can steer this show wherever you think it needs to go, honestly. Um, but for the seven mountains, can you tell us what it is, why the church, especially people, you know, not the church building, but people like you and me, we are the church. Why should the church body know about the seven mountains? And let's just start there. Well, the seven mountains actually came from Kim Clement telling me, who's a great prophet. You know, a lot of people know he's almost like Nostradamus. I predicted that. I said, after you're gone, they're going to treat you like Nostradamus. They're going to go back on everything you ever said and cryptically torture it in or out of context to derive some kind of meaning. It's like, you know, if you watch the Foundation series on Apple, it's great. It's Isaac Asimov's science fiction about Harry Seldon, who's this futurist mathematician, uh, historian, who predicts the future, and after he's dead, uh, every hundred years, a Selden prophecy materializes in a crystal, and, the, and everybody can't wait to hear what Harry Selden says. I said, Kim, that's gonna end up being you, and, and it is him, and who knows, he got me involved with Seven Mountains, so here's what happened. He prophesies over a senator named Michael Kratz. He says, you're gonna be involved with politics, Michael, you're gonna have a son named Caleb, and your son's gonna walk in the same steps as his father, Michael is a businessman in like Conyers, Georgia or something. He runs for office, drops dead of a heart attack 15 minutes after he leaves the Marriott Hotel, you know, right getting his campaign started. They couldn't resuscitate him, so they take him down to like the hospital, Bellevue, whatever hospital. His wife, Phyllis, comes in. For another 10 minutes, they're trying to get a heartbeat, so it's 30 minutes. They, no heartbeat, no breath. They go to her and say, ma'am, we're sorry, we couldn't get him. Uh, we couldn't pull him out. And, but he's an organ donor, according to his driver's license, and we, we just need your authorization. And she just, she's a young Christian, and she just got this prophetic word. So she goes in to where this body is and starts prophesying over him. Michael, the word of the Lord says that you're going to be in politics and you're going to have a son named Caleb, who at that point was two. And uh, you're, he's going to walk in the same steps. You haven't done that yet. So she, as a young Christian, is prophesying over a dead husband, a, an unfulfilled prophecy. So the, uh, wow. the surgeons call for um, security because they got a delirious Pentecostal manifesting there. 
and she won't leave, obviously. So they say, hey, get the surgery in here, get, get the security in. Security comes in, and they pull her off his body, at which point she commands, Michael, come back into your body now. And he goes back into his body. He gets elected for four terms as a state senator in Georgia. Wow. He presided over very important cases. And he told me what happened during the 30 minutes out of his body. And okay. this is where the Seven Mountains comes from. Wow. So I got this revelation from a dead senator that went to heaven. How's that for an origin? <laughs> That's incredible. I love that. And, uh, he says to me, Lance, he says, so there I was, and, and I wanted to go. I didn't want to go back. And I wanted Phyllis and Caleb to come be with me. I thought that's kind of always ironic. You always wonder what your dead loved ones departed. You, you grieve over them because you're on earth. I want you to know the first thing that they really ask for if they love you is they want you to die quickly so you could be with them. So it's a really weird scenario. He's praying for his wife and child to die, basically, so they could be with him. And Jesus says... I want to show you something. He shows him this body of water, which is clear like a plasma screen TV, and suddenly these islands appear. And as Michael and I discuss it, there are these seven islands that, that begin to come up out of the water, and, and one of them is a mountain of government, and the Lord points to it and says, that's the government domain, and you are called to go there, but there must be agreement. And then Michael is called by his wife back into his body. Wow. And he proceeds to run. So what Michael told me was he saw a vision of all these islands of occupation. He said, but what's mm -hmm. weird is Jesus is occupied till I come. But what I saw wasn't mm -hmm. preachers. I saw people literally with occupations. Come he on, said hey. they were like ordinary people. They were the housewife, the daycare worker, the dentist. The, and they were rising up. And when they rose up, they were exercising authority over the sphere that God gave them. Mm -hmm. And hell could not take it. And wow. I said, wow. So he and I noodled on this one mountain out of seven, which I knew was government. Then I met Lauren Cunningham, and he told me the rest of the story. He said, you know, I've been teaching for years about seven mind molders of culture. I said, really? I got this one I know about, which is government. He said, well, it's church, family, education, government, media, arts, and business. He said, the Lord spoke to me that we're called to make disciples of nations. And if only the people of God would rise up in their occupation, they work 90% of the time there anyway, sanctified into a missionary call and expand the kingdom in the domain that God assigns you because we could change nations, and disciple them. If we literally went into the mind-molding power of culture in those seven vertical domains, I thought, wow. So I, I got that revelation of seven mountains, I filled them in. He said, but what's interesting is, Lance, he said, I know that it's a revelation from God that God gave me because I met Bill Bright once, and he's uh, with Campus Crusade. And Bill Bright and I met, and he produced a, a, um, a napkin out of his pocket where he just got a revelation of seven world kingdoms. And the Lord told him that if we could wow. only penetrate these seven world kingdoms, all the kingdoms of this world would have the witness of the gospel of the right. kingdom. And Come he on. said, and I said, what are the seven? Because I got seven. I didn't want to tell him what they were. He said, <laughs> they're religion, academia. Um, uh, ac there was religion, family, academia, politics, news, entertainment, and finance. They literally were different words for everything except for the family mountain. They both got the same language. Hmm. Wow. So I heard that and I thought, to be honest with you, I thought, 
the, that revelation never got the visibility it should have got in our charismatic Pentecostal prophetic community. And, and the reason wow. being that we love the supernatural, but we, when it comes down to something like this, this yeah. makes it a little almost too practical for the average mystic. And, and so when I started teaching it, it went viral. I mean, to the point where today people argue with me over who originated this. And it's like, I could care less who originated it, right. just so long as they get the same message. As I long did. as they say what I'm saying, I don't right. care if they take credit for it. But it was so viral, people thought they were hearing it themselves for the first time from heaven. Once wow. they heard it, it was like, I got a revelation. And I get that. If it's a revelation, yep. you feel like almost yep. like God gave you the message. Totally. Cool, <laughs> run with it. But what, what disappointed me was, now we're in a moment in American history where we see the weakness of a church that does not occupy culture. We see what the price is you pay for having a, uh, a, a let's say, what's the word? A gospel of salvation focus, which is church-centric, spirituality for me personally, and I'm going to heaven when I die. And so all of our focus is on church and evangelism and personal overcoming, as opposed to the gospel of mm. the kingdom, which is to go make disciples of nations starting in the sphere that you're in and learning how to expand dominion within that sphere to your salt and light, and in my teaching, to you ascend up the hierarchy to a point of maximum impact where you're taking on the gates of hell that Come are on. trying to manipulate that sphere of education or take down the family or take over your government. Meet the enemy at the gates. And Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia and the <laughs> gates of hell will not prevail. Where are those gates located? I just gave you the seven, the seven addresses. That's the seven zip codes of where hell has its, has its, its um, stronghold, but the church only Mom. occupies one or two of them me and my family and my church. Right. Therefore, we're mm. now surrounded by, uh, you know, dare I say, you know, the, the militant paganism is now surrounding us because they've taken over those institutions and now yeah. we're kind of waking up and still arguing, I might add. Mm -hmm. Should the church right. be involved with politics? Should the church be involved? It's like, all right, well, is the church involved with Christian television? You know, we fought that in the 1960s. Wow. Pat Robertson had to fight it. Paul Crouch did. Now every preacher that was against Christian television is dead and wishes they were on Christian television. Right. So, you know, so we're a little slow to this thing, but I think we're getting there. Wow. Now, is it fair to say, I just want to make this really black and white for some people listening. Is it fair to say, I'm thinking about the Grammys, you know, when we had our satanic worship session presented to us across the airways. Is it yeah. fair to say, yeah, that if, if people who call themselves Christians have permission and a charge, if this is their particular gift, their particular anointing, that they could make their way to those tables where that decision was made. Because I just envision a table of people saying, hey, how do we want to entertain America over the Grammys? Right. And they all decide on this whatever, you know. But if somebody is seated right there at that table who has light, right? Because light overwhelms the darkness. Darkness doesn't just give up. You know, we were in Portland watching the buildings come down and we're all just sitting back going, well, I wonder when they're going to get tired, down. you know, but darkness doesn't give up. Light steps in and then the darkness can't comprehend it. Seeing Paw Patrol, 
is in 350 million households. That's a cartoon for ages three to five years old, two to five years old. Uh, my kids know what it is. They know every single character. And they, they now have a new writer for Paw Patrol. And the writer, she has a channel on YouTube called Queer Kid Stuff. Okay, she has a channel to help kids become queer, become drag queens. Um, you can look it up yourself, but she's now the writer for Paw Patrol. Um, to me, if we don't send people with light in them to these places and uh, celebrate that, like, no, we don't want just want you with a microphone inside the church. We right. want you in spheres of culture where you can be the writer of Paw Patrol. You can be the writer of Disney and whatever. So is, is this what you're talking about? Is this an example? You got yeah, 100%. And like, I'll give you a good personal example. I, I led a guy to the Lord back uh, in Rhode Island when, once, once upon a time when I was pastoring. And uh, he got hired by Disney. And he drew okay. me a picture, a cartoon of an angel. And he said, you don't know how valuable this is because beginning tomorrow, I cannot draw anything for anyone other than Disney. I'm under contract. This pen belongs to Disney. He contacted yeah. me later and said that as a young Christian hired by Disney, I'll never know the number of times that he uh, used his influence to um, subtly divert the occult from getting into Disney work because he as a Christian could discern good from evil. Yeah. And it wasn't LGBT stuff back then. It would be, it would be you know, the Harry Potter era and how he kept them from, from connecting spiritism, mysticism, sorcery, and witchcraft into the stories by another mechanism that he came up with as a writer and as an illustrator. There we go. And so, wow. and I re so to your point, uh, Psalm 110 says, you know, that we're, we will sit with our enemies at the gate. There's Come your on. promise for what you just said. We're wow. not supposed to, we're not always going to take over the gate at the New York Times, but at least we could have one intelligent Christian conservative who is bold enough to say, this is what I believe, and by the way, that's rubbish. I'm going to write an article and I, on the opinion side and represent uh, a different perspective. But, and, and you know, I'm not saying it's always a career. It requires great courage to do what I'm talking about. Because Jerry Boykin was fired from the military because he dared to speak in a Sunday school during the Iraq era, that it was a spiritual warfare that was going on in the world. Well, right away, liberals grabbed that and said, he's equating Islam with a spiritual evil and Christianity with a virtue. It was a Sunday school. His speech in a church should have been allowed to have happened, but it was taken by Bush he fired him from the Pentagon, a great general. Now he works for Family Research Council. And I call that career martyrdom. Sometimes you take a stand and it costs you something. But a lot wow. of times you take a stand and uh, they respect you for it. And you become the sole voice that everybody knows is the conservative. The but they respect you because your competency and your results speak for themselves. And, and I'm saying that the, the model you're talking about requires a church change. So I just got done preaching to 100 countries, 100 nations in Jerusalem. I flew in 48 hours ago. Spent a week there from Yom Kippur back to Rosh Hashanah. We do a feast days and I, I kind of fill in for a big conference there every year. And I told the leaders of those churches, I said, do not make the mistake the United States made. We're playing catch up with a weak church that is trying to uh, discover a little late 
that they should have been guarding the gates. Mm -hmm. Now wow. the gates are occupied and it's five times harder to take a gate once you had it and gave it up. The enemy takes right. it. Harvard's harder to get into now than when it started. Yeah. So, wow. um, and it started as a Christian school. Now try to get there with a Christian message. They'll kick you off the campus. So, but I told him this, I said, change your model of church. You're really called to be an apostolic church. You're living in an apostolic mm -hmm. age of missionary mm -hmm. work. You're not called to be a little local church servicing the needs of a couple of people. You're called to be raising up influencers that are gonna disciple your nation and the gates of hell are located in academia, in the courts, in journalism, in law, in entertainment, in sports. They're in finance and in business. They're in your communities and they're in your own families. I want you to begin to train your people that instead of coming to us where we have a secret society, we're gonna go to you and help fortify you to take more territory. Advance the church, put the church in the middle of a hub and then put the spokes out here to the seven mountains and help your people take their mountain. Come on, yeah. that's so good. Okay, I think you need to ask him about that conversation mm -hmm. you have with the guy on the airplane. Oh, okay, ask him about for that. sure. We'll yeah. see if we can get, get that done before this episode's over. Okay, okay. So Lance, I was, my sister and I actually, we were on our way to St. Louis for the first Freedom Tour spot. And we're next, my sister and I are on the plane sitting next to this man and he was an older guy and we're teasing him about his Skittles. He had this giant bag of Skittles and we were teasing him that we were going to take some when he fell asleep. And, and he said he had two daughters about our ages and it was just a great conversation, a great time. We're connecting with them. And all of a sudden things shifted radically because he asked us where we were going and what we were doing. And when we told him about don't mess with our kids, when we told him about Washington DC and the million women and their families, he, it was, it was wild what happened. And he said, why in the world would you waste so much time, so much energy, so much money for that? You guys have been watching way too much Fox News. I, you're, this is totally crazy. This makes no sense. This isn't even a thing. And I thought, whoa. And we, had a, we were able to find some places where there was agreement. He actually ended up apologizing to us. But I think that there's not just people like him. I don't think he was a believer. I think there are believers that actually feel a similar way. It's something that maybe they're not saying out loud, but they're sort of wondering, like, is this really a thing? Is this really something that we should stand for? Is this really something that we should risk for? So what would you and say about Jesus that? Jesus just going to come back? Yeah, that and too. And the world is going to hell in a handbasket anyway. So mm -hmm. what can I do about it? Why reformation? Well, Why not just revival? Right, and, there, and what, so there's two questions right there. One is, how do you how do you explain this to the brainwashed, brain numbed, cultural byproduct of CNN and secular news propaganda? Right. So he's saying you've been listening to Fox. The reality is, <laughs> he's been listening to every channel but Fox, and he doesn't listen to Tucker, so he doesn't know what's going. He doesn't listen to Mark Levin, which also means we're talking to ourselves. And so let's, let's be aware of that. Yeah. So, so the, real, the real art here is you take a story about like this girl, this young lady. Have you met Erin yet from Colorado? Yes. Right. yes. You guys We're are going to be running here. buddies very soon. Mm -hmm. So I'm meeting with some legislators in Colorado, and I don't want to blow all my clandestine activity on a public broadcast, <laughs> but by the time this is out, it'll be news. 
Anyway, so I'm working with some legislators there because I think Colorado needs a wake-up call. Come on. Amen. Their schools, there are 1,000 schools in the United States. This is a fact. You could have told this man. And we got to get our facts and our stories ready for these people. That's how the left does it. They're great storytellers, and they're good fact quoters, even if their mm -hmm. facts aren't fact-checked. Here's, here's what you tell them. Are you aware of the fact that there's over 1,000 schools in the United States that are aggressively right now trying to target your girls so that they'll become boys and that they'll make those decisions between 11, 12, or 13 years of age and that they're not obligated to tell you as a father that your daughter is transitioning? And by the way, you see those Skittles right there? There's a program called Skittle, which is actually wow. done as a substitute program for an art class where they oh literally go in to talk to your little precious little 12 year old and plant the thought that they're not really sure who their body is and if they're aligned with it, they're bringing up questions little girls shouldn't have to worry about and they're making them doubt if they're really a girl and they're telling them, shh, but don't talk to your parents, it might not be safe. Then they're gonna begin to identify after they get their flags and their rings and their bands as the LGBTQ and you think it's really cool because you're such a progressive American. And what you don't realize is your daughter is right now being groomed for a procedure where she's going to medically want to be able to have her body altered, have a mastectomy or to start taking puberty blockers as she gets older. She's going to begin to take testosterone. She'll never be able to have children. And if you want to have an adult conversation, she'll never have a sexual climax. They will alter her physiology so she'll never know the joy of sex. And all this is happening because you think we're delusional. There's 1,000 schools where that's the policy. They're planning on taking this through the nation. And you don't know about it? Why do you think we're going to Washington to wake up men like you? Yep. Ooh. That's why we're doing this podcast, because we're bringing awareness. I didn't even know mm -hmm. some of what you just said, so thank you, Lance. But I think I want to get to Reformation, but I think we're running out of time for this podcast. So maybe what we can do, Lance, is we can keep going for a second episode. So for this one, let's close this up with prayer. If you could pray. Or if you I'm could pray. I'm so upset right now. I've, ta I've talked myself into a state where I got to I got to bring myself back into the Holy pray Spirit for this right man. Now. No, but literally, I just think there's so many men, women, children. There's no junior Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit right. in our children. There are there are so many people that need the bravery to step into these seven mountains right. of influence. And if you could just pray over these people and pray for us to yes. Yes, pray and fast, but stand. That's right. Lord, we pray, we come to you and we say, America has gotten into this condition on our watch. Father, we ask you to forgive us. Forgive the church for its own apathy and for the ignorance of what, 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 what was happening on our watch while we were here. This nation got into this condition. We cannot point the finger at the, at the darkness when in fact we haven't been a true light. But we pray for mercy, Lord. We pray that in the, in the mercy of God, you will awaken us to the real condition of where we're at. Uh, bring us in a, a, a revival of awakening as to where the danger is and how we are responsible to resist the devil that he might flee from us in this nation. Lord, you give gifts in the nations. You've given America such freedom, such bounty, such prosperity, and we haven't stewarded it. We've used it for perverse personal ends that have not been glorifying you. But we ask for mercy and extension of grace. We have an election coming up, Lord. You are the one who appoints leaders, and you take up one, you put down another. We see the warning that lawlessness has taken over even this process in our elections. 
we ask you and we beg for the intervention of Almighty God to thwart the darkness, to expose the evil, to revive the church, to awaken America, and to turn us back to you. We pray, Lord, that you'll make our hands strong. You'll give us boldness. You'll give us wisdom. And that in the next 14 months, 12, 13, 14 months, you will shift America profoundly so that it might be possible for you to give us. To all the listeners, here's some action steps for you. We are going to gather as many women as we can. And I'm seeing 100,000. I'm seeing 100,000 women to go into a year preparation leading up to the elections because we cannot leave this thing to chance. No, absolutely we need not. to put our body, soul, and spirit into prayer. And we're going to do something together. So be watching for that. Look at all the show notes to see how you can get involved. Engage in this movement, Don't Mess With Our Kids, is to come into a live Zoom every single Monday, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can join us at don'tmesswitharkids.us slash live. And we will share the vision, how you can get involved. You can invite people on there, or you can catch the replay at that very same link. The other thing, too, is I'm super pumped about this, Shauna, is we're going to gather women for an yeah. Esther immersion. It's going to be a praying, fasting, and standing and action. We're going to go into prayer and action one year in preparation leading up to the elections because we have one shot here. Mm -hmm. I, I believe just like my one of my heroes is Lou Engel, and he heard from God. This is our last stand for America. Wow. I believe that with everything in me. Wow. And so this is not a time to sit back and do nothing and hope somebody else great comes along and does something. I believe right. it's a dog pile against the enemy. I believe that every single person, whether you're known or unknown, doesn't matter. It's time to engage. So thank you so much for being with us. Catch us for the next episode with Lance.